Hi, this is Stephen Cummings, artist of Star Wars Crimson Rain and Hidden Empire series. You are listening to the Execute Chapter 66 podcast. Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we will be talking about Tales of Light and Life by various all-star Star Wars authors like Claudia Gray, Cordova, Mann, Ireland, and many, well, not many, many more. It's not a certain point of view book. There's only 10 stories here. Nine if you didn't get the Barnes & Noble version. My name is Beth Van Dusen, and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. Your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We are going to spoil this book. In addition, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil many things Star Wars, anything Star Wars that comes across our minds. So you've been warned. Ryan, it's been real slow on the comics end. How's it on your front? You know, no news that's going to break the hollow net, but, you know, some interesting little things going on. We got some stills and some announcements, and I guess I'm going to have to tune in again. Some characters we know are coming to Young Jedi Adventures. Yeah. We're getting Bell and Loden and the Charhound, and they're going to Starlight Beacon. I really can't wait to hear them voice Loden in his French. His jaunty French accent. Yeah. And they look great. Like, I'm excited about it. I haven't kept up with Young Jedi Adventures very much. I've watched a few of them. Um, it's but this cute. It is. It's great. And But this will pull me back in just to see those familiar characters. And think, if you were at home watching with your young child and they get really excited about Loden, you can be like, womp, hey, womp. guess what? <laughs> Let me tell you what happens next. So that's fun. Um, over just on interesting acquisition news, you know, I'm always kind of fascinated with the, the behind the scenes workings. Uh, there are rumors that Disney's going to buy EA. Um, apparently, Iger is being pressured to, and, and apparently a lot of the companies are, obtain video game companies because video games make money stills. Turns out streaming doesn't. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, they're definitely working on Jedi 3 right now and Maybe they'll do it. I don't know. That would be that would be big. It would. Yeah. It would. At the same time, Iger's being pressured to like drop ABC. I saw that. I don't even know how that'll work. They want him to. They want him to sell ABC, but they want him to buy EA. It's very strange. And like make ESPN full streaming. Look. Yeah. The state of entertainment right now is no one knows what's going on. They no. stacked a big house of cards, yeah. and it's obviously falling over. And we're just going to put more cards on it for some reason. <laughs> the great, uh, the the great screenwriter William Goldman had a very famous phrase when it, very famous phrase when it came to talking about just Hollywood in general, which is just nobody knows nothing. Yeah, and people know even less now. It's wild. Yeah, people have uh, no idea what's going on. I don't know if y'all saw. There are three new Halloween Lego Star Wars shorts that came out. Um, 
weren't really advertised very much. Um, you can stream them on the on YouTube and on the Star Wars Kids page. Um, they're fine. Um, they are definitely not the spectacle of the previous like specials. Um, two of them don't have any dialogue. They're more like the games. Um, one follows Palpatine Invader. One's like uh, Mando, and one's a Stormtrooper short that is clearly made to sell the new mech Stormtrooper sets. Um, they're real short. They're kind of cute, but they're out there if you want to watch them. But I wish that they had done another special like they've done the previous, you know, Halloween and Christmas. Those were really good. And maybe these were where they started and just decided, eh, never mind. Most of our news from this week came from New York Comic Con. Our first announcement was that Bounty Hunters will end with issue 42. Um, They are going to finish Dark Droids. There will be one wrap-up issue, and then it's over. After that, Sachs, who writes it, is moving on, and they will be doing a... He's writing a Django miniseries. They are also going to do a Mace miniseries. Both of these are labeled as a celebration of the 25th anniversary of Phantom Menace. So here's what I'm thinking. You know, we're soon to be talking about the certain point of view books. They're just not going to wait for 40 years. We're just going to celebrate 25 years and that's how we're going to do it. But we will talk more about that in a future episode. Also announced the Thrawn. We had talked previously that in the Star Wars Revelations had a picture of Thrawn and we were kind of talking about where that's going to come. Well, it turns out it's just an adaptation of Thrawn alliances. So it's not that exciting, except for does this mean we're going to see the Grisk? Right? Uh, Maybe. I don't remember. I mean, That's such a long time. Those were literally the first episodes of this show, Ryan. That's a long time ago, but I mean, Thrawn like, Allegiance, Thrawn Allegiance, Allegiances, Alliances, alliances. Mm-hmm. alliances was literally our second episode. Is it really? Yeah. What's the first, our first episode? Was Thrawn? Oh, okay. Oh, that is a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Um. Well, so we may see the Grisk. Who knows? Um. Dark Horse is also going to put out two graphic novels. They're going to do a Qui Gon and an Obi Wan. Um, and I haven't seen any of these Dark Horse graphic novels, but it'll be something to check out, except I can't stream it or do it on my Marvel Unlimited app. So that makes me less than happy. And then our final thing they showed, which I thought was really cool, uh, coming to Shop Disney and at the parks, they're doing the first High Republic Saber. They're going to do Stellan Saber. And it looks so good. They're only making 5,000 of them. And the cross guard on it, looks amazing. It's really neat. It's going to be hard not to buy it. I kind of dug that Comic-Con this year was back to comics. Like, yeah, all most of the announcements from everything were comic heavy. And I was kind of happy about that. Just in general, Marvel. Well, they couldn't, they can't talk about TV or movies. Yeah, I was going to say there's not much else they can talk about. I can't remember if we talked about this and we talked about our Dragon Con this year. But, you know, Dragon Con had the same thing where the actors couldn't talk about their projects. And, man, I enjoyed some of those panels more than I have enjoyed panels in a long time. Just watching them talk about random stuff and, like, random questions. It was fascinating. Yeah. But, so that is our news. 
how's dark droids going? Yeah, uh, well, for, first, first, um, only two comics this week. We have um, Tales from the Death Star by Kevin Scott, the this October's spooky offering. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. It looks pretty thick. I haven't read it yet because <laughs> it looks fairly, fairly thick. But Kevin Scott does a good job with those. I'm sure it's great. And then the only other book is Dark Droids number three. Look, I hope when I get to the end of this, I go, aha. But so far, I just don't think it's very good. So I just don't think it's very good. I started thinking about with the comics with Bounty Hunters ending and they move they're moving over into prequel stuff. Do you think that's where they're going to go? That they're going to hit Return of the Jedi, end it and then go backwards? I guess you're widest open continuity you could write in would be between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Because yeah. between Attack of the Clones and Revenge, yeah, Clone you've Wars. got Clone Wars. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty covered. But Dark Droids is, you know, it's 60% done, and I, I still don't understand why I'm reading it. Like, I don't... I, I, the point has yet to land with me what it's about, other than there's a droid that's taken over all the other droids, and they're all killing people and I don't know. It just, just it's, it just is. I don't know. I, I, I'll agree so far. I don't see what I guess value or what, I don't know. What is this adding? Like the rest right. of it's kind of added stuff. Tales of light and life is a anthology set in the, turns out I, I was mistaken. Turns out set in, uh, both phases of the High Republic, or in the first two phases of the High Republic. And uh, there's ten stories. Well, as Beth alluded to earlier, there's nine stories if you buy it anywhere other than Barnes & Noble. And in Barnes & Noble, you get a bonus tenth story. So I didn't get that. So Ryan's going to have to fill us in on that since he went to Barnes & Noble. Uh, the first story is called The Queen's Bloom by Zoraida Cordova. These are all authors that we um, know from before. Uh, that have written written High Republic before. Um, set years before the events of Phase 2, we follow a young Axel Greylark as he pulls a Ferris Bueller, faking an illness to get off a day from his fancy boarding school. I thought it was okay. Um, you know, the purpose of it, I guess, is to show kind of the origin of his relationship with Mother, or meeting the Mother, um, as she is there to rob some people um, and kind of set up the relationship with his real mom and dad as they kind of sneak into this party. Um, I, it, it gives you kind of a good insight on Alec and um, Alec, oh, Alec, Axel, excuse me. Um, kind of Axel and where he's at and kind of the expectations on him and how he's already kind of breaking away from it. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, overall, it, it was okay. But I think it's kind of to show just how he kind of got wrapped up in with the path. Um, right. And kind of looking for that kind of, I guess, thrill-seeking or adventure kind of stuff. Um, and kind of being lost on where he's at in life. Um, and these people he's surrounded with who he doesn't love. Like... And you get a good, you know, his relationship with his one, his little crush friend. And 
even here, though, you see where socially he struggles with relationships because he in his head has this big built up rivalry with this other guy who he thinks is hitting on his girlfriend and the other guy's kind of like, I I thought we were friends. Like what, what are you talking about? And there's some, there's some rivalry there, but yeah, like you said, was it the most exciting story to start with? I don't know. No, but I, I do like Axel and I, I like getting to see young Axel and I think he's a he's a fun character that I I'm guessing we're not gonna see again. So I, I liked this kind of wrap up to his existence, I guess. Kind of a little flashback to just yeah. kind of see his roots a little bit. Well, and you get to see, I mean, Alicia the mother, she definitely uses her power on him. Like oh, for sure. And so she kind of, I mean, groomed him, I guess, would be the word. I, I don't know. Um, and I think she kind of recognized, like, yeah, I'll see you later, buddy. Like, I, I'm going to get you set up. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to mention this before we got any further. Do you think someone could read this without having read everything else? The introduction seems to think you could. That these are just tales from here, but like to me, like none of this means anything if I hadn't read the other stuff. No, I don't. Because some of them so. aren't even stories; they're like sketches. Right. Yeah. If if you don't know what happened to the Starlight Beacon, it doesn't go into a whole lot of detail. Um, if you don't know who Axel is, why do you care about what he was like as a teenager? Well, if you mm-hmm. don't know she's the mother, or things yeah, like that, that like, doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um, our second story is a closed fist has no claws by Tessa Gratton. Um, this is a story about Marta Rowe and what she's gotten up to since she and her followers disappeared in the gaze electric and she scours the galaxy for others of her race. Um, she's still killing Jedi. And is this like a, like a letter she's written to the, that maybe Martian Rowe has? Yeah. It's like in the point of view of a, of like yeah. a, of of a letter and yeah to, it's probably something that's passed down to Martian's mother and then passed down to Martian or something or Martian's father whichever what's Mar- but we know Martian's father we met him I, I can't his remember name. his name but yes we did meet him guess what I absolutely loved <laughs> every minute of this story <laughs> it was like ending and I was like no why can't the rest of the book be this this is all I want it is a little bit of the story that we want to want to see that, right. that they just kind of give us a little glimpse of, of what they're up to. Yeah. I, and it answers some questions. You know, we had some questions at the end of phase two. Did Yana start or did Marta start the Nile? And this is real clear. It was Marta. Real um, clear. But kind of starts it like not intentionally, which I thought was really interesting. You know, she, she's got the leveler and she's on the gaze and she's kind of hunting down the rest of, or trying to find a bunch of the, uh, Everini, Everini. Um, and kind of meet some people along the way and, you know, repaints the throne room and makes herself the eye of the storm. And they didn't go as far as saying it, 
but really heavy, heavily imply that's what's happening. Well, um, then they then they have a little section where they said that they defined the word row. Yes. And what yes. it means. And it means like to watch. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I really liked about it was how the structure of the Nile with the three storms just kind of happened. And, you know, there these, she meets a, the Twilight who is like, yeah, you know, I'll come hang out with you. And at first they're kind of just robbing people. And then on one of them, instead of bringing back treasure, they bring back people. And she's like, yeah, I don't really want people, but you can keep them and they can help you as long as they do their job. And you can keep those people, I guess, and you can keep those. And you can kind of see it organically forming, which I thought was really cool. They're keeping the Everini. Uh, pretty mysterious, though, which I think is cool. Like, she meets the uncle who basically doesn't tell her jack all. And is like, yeah, there's some of us out here. You might run into them every once in a while. And there's some stories, but you should go find them. And then she finds uh, the brother and the sister. And at first, she's kind of down with the sister. And then her uh, little helper assistant, who is one of her children, just straight slits her throat because she is jealous. And then the other guy, she's like, well, you can stay with me. And he's like, all right, cool. And yeah. <laughs> you just killed my sister, but I. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's a dark kind of story. But yeah, I, I was a huge fan of this one. Yeah, I knew you would be. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's it's cool. So 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 they so let me get this straight though. They still have the leveler. Yes, they're still uh-huh. feeding it force users. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She plans on getting rid of it. I think she even says she plans on doing something with it. Mm-hmm. But for now, she still has the leveler, which is terrifying. Yeah. And I like it's weakened. Like it's super weak. They talk about how skinny it is and it. Yeah. It's not moving as fast and they've got it kind of, they've got it in a containment field. So they're able to trap it. But yeah, I like the, the one scene where she's like, all right, which one of y'all uh, is force sensitive? And then I'm answering and she's like, oh, come on now. Now the rest of y'all are going to go with them, but you can stay with me. And the one guy's like, I, I guess I am. She's like, straight, come here. <laughs> feeds it to the level. Feeds it to the level. So I'm assuming that's the setup for how it's locked in ice or a cave or whatever it's locked in when Marcian Rowe gets to, goes to get it. Mm-hmm. That's she's she's going to leave the leveler somewhere safe for yeah. for him to find or for someone to find in the future. Yeah, that's I think what we're assuming. I mean, yeah. I think we'll find we'll find that out, but that's what we're assuming. I don't know if we will find that out, but because he's already got the leveler, so I don't know that they're going to go back to visit that. I think this is just kind of a wrapping it up like loose ends thing. Yeah, that's definitely what this whole book feels like is just a handful of loose ends that they did not necessarily stories they're driven to tell, but a handful of loose ends that they decided to wrap up. Yeah. Like shield of the Jedi by George Mann. Jedi Padawan Rupert Natani is given her trial by master Salandra show in the form of a search for the latter's famous shield. Not my favorite story. It, it's fine. Um, good for Rupert for passing her trial of yep. going to find a shield. Yeah, it was a little, felt like a little low impact for a trial. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that other Jedi would have been like, what, I got to go find a shield? And and the real monster was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a lesson to it, and it led her to a conflict and all that stuff. But 
Yeah. I, and they... All right, do any Jedi go through actual trials anymore? No. <laughs> because I, I remember, like, it used to be, like, your trial was, like, this, like, series of events. Like a ceremony and stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of prefer this way, where the master kind of gets to decide the lesson you need yeah. to learn and the kind of thing you need to take with you. Good for shows. That was some, like, serious forethought and planning to, to make it all work this way. We're like, yeah. yep, you'll go to these various places and then you'll look and you'll find a tree and then you'll meet these people and the shields up in the tree. And, and the, but wait, the monster stole the shield. Yeah. yeah and the monster is not going to hurt you. It's actually helpful. Yeah. The monster eats spiders and likes yeah, shiny really. things. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it makes you wonder, like, are we going to, I guess the shield, you know, she passes the shield at the end, and so yeah. now we'll have Rupert with the shield. Um, but we won't, though. We won't. Oh, we, are, right. we are saying goodbye to these people. Yeah, these first three stories are phase two stories. For now, we're saying goodbye. For now, we're saying goodbye. Yeah. I, I think we will see many of them again. Then we have, then we, then we go to, to back to phase one. Um, with the rest of the stories, or phase one in, in the aftermath. Um, the Lonely Traveler's Home by Daniel Jose Older. Aboard Starlight Beacon, Ram Jamaram feels that Zine is feeling homesick and tries to organize a party to cheer her up, only to find out that maybe he's the one that needs a little lift. Feels so innocent knowing what's happened, what's coming. It's It's adorable. It's an adorable, very cute story. Yeah. And it's it's very heartwarming and lovely, but it also is not like the most impactful knowing what's about to happen to these people. I think that's what makes it good, though. Yeah. Like, it's nice to see them before it all, you know, Ram and Zine and all them before it all goes so bad that, yeah, you're just kind of lonely. So I'm going to throw you a party. I feel like some of these, like, with ones like this, it's not impactful, but it serves to kind of give you a reminder of who they are and who their characters are before you get into phase three. Yeah, yes, that's true. Or is it, is it telling us which characters are going to be important? Maybe going forward, you know, I, I definitely think that we need to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we, well, when we get to the last one, you don't have, there's a new character introduced that I think is going to be, a oh, phase three character. Yeah, I thought I, I agree with Beth. This one was super cute. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Ram. So it's it's very sweet. Yeah. I was just excited to sing the Ram Jam Ram song. Yes, again. me too. <laughs> Here's yeah, and one thing I did love about this book as I was reading it, I love that every story in the first sentence has the character's name that it's gonna be about. And so every time I get to a new story, I'd be like, oh, "It's Ram, <laughs> it's Vern." Like I've missed you. Like it was like a nice little surprise every time because I purposely didn't look to see who was showing up or when or where or any of that. Then we get "After the Fall" by Claudia Gray. In the days and weeks after the destruction of Starlight Beacon, we follow Affy, Leox, and Geode as they attempt to get the vessel off of Aram and back out into the stars. This read like a Claudia Gray story. I really <laughs> liked this one. I mean, they're just, they're all so good. 
like the characters they're all so they're so nice and they just want to help and i i appreciate getting to see avar kind of like unraveling because now now that i'm not worried about bell now i'm worried about avar and i have been since the end of phase one and now i'm getting to see a little bit of what i've been missing knowing that avar is definitely not okay mm-hmm. i'm warming up to geode i mean it's we just kind of have to accept him so i'm, I'm of, giving myself over it's kind of funny yeah and for a minute it got less funny but it gets funny like the the more everybody leans into it it gets funnier yeah i think part of what changes to me you know hearing gray talk some on one of the author's panels like yeah she loves it so much and like yeah it's infectious like her love for like the puns and the silly stuff. This one is one of the only ones I kind of wish I did listen to audiobooks because I know Leox sounds like um Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and so like I kind of want to hear it. I like this one too because it's a good follow-up. Like, you know, Affy when she took down, you know, her mom's I guess it's not really her mom, but um, her adopted mom's, her adopted uh, mom's trade guild. Trade yeah. guild, yeah. Um, and so that was like a nice follow-up. And again, it's like a good reminder of like, because I probably wouldn't have remembered that as much. Um, no, I remember the crew. So, right. mm-hmm. I remember the crew of the vessel as soon as we were there. Mm-hmm. I knew what characters we were dealing with, but um, I had forgotten about the mom thing too. Yeah, no, I, I really like this one too. It, it's a Claudia Gray story. It was really good. Um, The Force Provides by Justina Ireland. We catch up with Vernestra, who is dealing with the deaths of Imri and Avon and living her life as a Jedi wayseeker. Now, I may be an old man with a marijuana habit, but I do not remember Imri and Avon dying. Uh, no, nor do I. So crazy. According to the old Wikipedia on Emery. All it has is that he was present on Starlight Beacon during its destruction and is assumed missing by Vernestra. Okay. How can you be assumed missing? You're either missing or you're not. Well, assumed dead, I assume probably dead, what I they guess. mean. Um so I you know, are we gonna see a big reunion at some point? But it's been like years. It has been it's been a while, but maybe it's, he's in, in this story. It's this story takes place like two years after. I mean, yeah, Avon, I understand she was not a huge character. If they killed her off camera, fine. But Vern is still going to be a big character. And for them to kill her Padawan yeah. off camera in this little story, like what? Yeah, it was a really it was a really hard way to find this information out. <laughs> to, to To be be informed of this and she's um, still just whipping people <laughs> you yeah. know, the, i guess when you're a way seeker the whip's not as big a deal i um, do i do like her becoming a way seeker and i hope that we get to see more of that i doubt we will because she's not going to have long to way seek before she has to go get back on mission well but i think that might tie into it if she's able you know we know in phase three now because of the previews they put out that the Jedi Order put almost prequel error 
um, rules in place for the order to where they are kind of becoming more militant. They are kind of organizing to fight the Stormwall and all these things. And so having Vern be a wayseeker lets her, I think, explore more whatever Santeca told her to go and she can kind of go off on her own mission clearly to go find the protector. Also, I thought of something the other day on my protector theory, actually while I was reading this, that I didn't catch the first time, I don't think. Do you remember what the protector looks like? That they specifically no. compare it to? No. A lion. What oh, does Vern no. have? A whip. We're going to get like... <laughs> I mean, come on, y'all. They, if, if, if that doesn't happen, I just don't even know anymore. I, I will say for anybody who wasn't at DragonCon, um, we, we threw out Ryan's theory about Vern and, and everybody's on board. Yeah. It's just gone. Well, what, it, what is it the guy said? He says, that's so good. It should be qualified as a spoiler. um i love seeing vernestra i love her being a way seeker i was very upset by what we were told and yeah why why she's kind of in a bad mood it did make me think i was crazy for the entire story the whole time (laughs) i was like wait i don't know where they are in the book so i don't want to message them and be like hey did you know this and like yeah i did have everybody freak out I wanted to reveal on the show that I had that I didn't even remember Emery dying, dying, and you guys could laugh at me. Well, I'm just glad y'all brought it up because, oh, yeah, I thought I just skipped over that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pretend like, oh yeah, I remember that. It was real sad. Well, a lot of people died in Starlight Beacon. I mean, I could have missed one. Yeah, I don't remember that at all, and they're very vague about what happened. Right. She's got she's got her dreams of it, but the dreams aren't ne- ne- meant to represent what actually happened. I don't think. No, mm-hmm. they aren't. So no, her dreams are pretty horrific. Then we have the one that that we were waiting for. All Jedi walk their own path by Charles Sewell. Bell Zedifar refuses to leave Aram because he believes that Burry is still alive, and this leads to an extensive search, a mysterious clue, and a reunion we knew was coming, but was awesome anyway. It's my favorite one because Bell. Continues to be okay as all is right with the galaxy as long as Bell continues to be okay. And Bell is the superhero now of Star Wars because he found and saved Burry. All I needed. We can wrap uh, this whole Star Wars thing up. <laughs> <We're done. laughs> I, I really appreciated in this one how they went about Bell finding Burry. That there was kind of that acknowledgement that, yeah, the the people on um, was it Aram? God, I'm already trying to forget the Forever War. Um, <laughs> Iram, <laughs> Iram, Iram. That, that the people on Iram aren't real pumped about the Jedi being around, and they're oh. like, yeah, awesome job bringing the Starlight Beacon here and destroying our world almost. Um, and so he, you know, goes out with these fishermen and he helps them and kind of yeah. gains their trust so they they want to help him and they become a crew yeah yeah i have lots of questions about what burry was doing in that cave for so long like what what was he eating and they did the, say there were like fish parts around and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and he and that he was super skinny yeah you know, he wasn't eating much 
Can you imagine being at the beach too and a creepy wookie hair like doll basically washes up and you're like, what is this? Like it reminded me of some That's like some Blair a, Witch shit. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what I was that's, thinking. That's exactly how I pictured it. I was like, there's a sea monster out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all crazy. Quick, hairy. everybody, let's go kill whatever that is. Something mm-hmm. for the wicker man or something. Mm-hmm. And the reunion itself was it was written. Again, it, it was a really like sweet reunion, and I loved that it ended with "you didn't fail," and that was kind of I think you know Beth talks about Bell being okay, and it says in there you know you didn't fail fail Bell thought believing the words for the first time since Loden's death. Like it's such a good kind of redemption for Bell. Um. And that he's fully kind of healed. He wouldn't, Bell would not have been okay if he had not found Burry. I think that that probably could have broken him if Burry had been confirmed dead. But just on another note, I mean, if you really think about an emaciated Wookiee, I bet that's like a scary sight. Like, just like. We've seen, we've seen him in uh, Solo. Yeah. The ones that are working in Kessel are like super yeah. skinny. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. The ones that, the ones that work in the mines are like real skinny. Mm hmm. Uh, Light in the Darkness by Kevin Scott. Two brothers struggle to survive on a world taken over by the Huts, only to be rescued by Keeve Trennis. It's cool to see Keeve. Yeah. Before things go bad for her. Uh, Keeve and then uh, Tarek and Serret, who I'm now familiar yes. with having read the comics. <laughs> yes, yes. I was not familiar with them without having read the comics, so thank you, comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were a big deal in the comics. Um, this one took me a little while to get into it, just because it I, it it doesn't start with characters that you know. It's all about characters that you don't know until what halfway through or whatever when the Jedi show up. What do we think is going to drive Keeve to leave the Order? Because we know she's going to, and she's a master now in this, right? Yeah, yeah. And we call her a master. I thought this one was going to end with maybe it's starting to push things that way or that we'd see something, but it ends with her making a speech about how they're going to beat the darkness. Um, And that, you know, the Jedi are going to expire people and, you know, it says pushing back shadows and lighting the way, but maybe, you know, she's going to be one of the ones pushed away by the Jedi and their new rules. Um, and seeing that they're becoming more militaristic. Are, okay, so Skier, I didn't miss anything. Skier is still alive, right? <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure. Because he he's already he he had already lost an arm. He was already yes. angry. He was already kind of pissy. Uh, Skier's very pissy. So I thought it would be something Skier related, but if he's not alive, then that can't be it. Because it would have uh, driven and- her to that already. We're going to see a, a time jump, obviously. I mean, maybe we're going to come back and we have lost people to the night of the war to kind of show you like, yeah, things have not been going really great. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about the, um, what do they call it? The cage that the Nile have put up over the outer rim. The storm wall. Storm wall. Yeah. The storm wall. Yeah. And keep it making hyperspace travel impossible into certain areas. Which I still don't understand, but I probably never will. 
The Call to Coruscant by Lydia Kang. Padawan Amadio Azazo is working alongside his master to evacuate a McKeon village being ravaged by earthquakes when the call comes in for all Jedi to come home to the Jedi Temple. This one was new characters too, right? Yes, and I think that's why I didn't really connect with this story as much. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got the feeling that these are going to be characters that maybe some of the new books are centered on. And so this was kind of our introduction to them, especially because in the standard edition of the book, this is the last story. Yeah. And so they were kind of using it as, okay, here we've checked in with everybody. Here's some of your new people. Yeah, I took it as a... Like, I took it as a stepping stone. Amadeo. I don't know well, I, I didn't connect with the people in the, the story. I assumed that, you know, I'm assuming that we will see them again in the next phase. And get to know them and care more about them. I just didn't connect with them in this brief time that we had. It felt like an introduction to, hey, here's these guys. You're going to see them again real soon. I did appreciate in this. It was kind of like Star Wars. Uh, what do they call it when the Amish like go out for their time of partying? Um, I can't think of what it's called. But yeah, you know the Amish have that tradition where you can leave and go out, and yeah, he does that uh, and meets a girl, yeah. and <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, I guess I'll be a Jedi. Oh, you what do the Amish call that? I think the show was called like Breaking Amish or something. <laughs> but I can't remember. There's a there's a word for it. Rumspringa. Ah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very German. I would like to see a story like this of Anakin's Rumspringa. <laughs> well, I guess we kind of see that <laughs> yeah, in Brotherhood where he do. takes Padme on his date <laughs> to the lower levels. Uh, but again, like you see the difference. Like his master like knows what's up. And it's kind of cool with it. It's like, yeah, all right, well, you came back. Like, yeah, yay, we're Jedi. Yeah, as long as, um, as long as you come back in, in time to leave, and if mm-hmm. you make the flight, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, he does stay out all night. And he smells like booze when he comes back, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> His robes smell like Carillion wine. Well, because he got in a fight. It's like the end of days <laughs> confused. Um, <laughs> that's true. He doesn't. He smells like booze, but he didn't really drink. Right, and he got, he got it spilled on him. That's right. Yeah, I used that excuse for my parents a lot, too, when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone around me was smoking. I don't know. Nah, I, don't I, don't, know. I don't know what you smell. Right. Everyone around me was smoking. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know I smell like booze, but look, I was totally helping this girl. There was a fight. <laughs> Let's just move yeah. on. And then I imagine, yeah, the end of Daisy Confused, like, I bet he, like, gets in the ship and, like, lays down and, like, smiles. <laughs> yeah. Puts on some wreck bunk. Uh-huh. And then he goes and gets his Aerosmith tickets. <laughs> or somebody <laughs> does. <laughs> so, the last story, as we said, in the Barnes & Noble edition is Rogue Element by Alyssa Wong. Um, in Rogue Element, we catch up with Crash and, I can never say it, Svino the uh, pop star who are Crash. basically Crash. Crash. trapped on uh, oh, Corellia. Yeah. Okay. Um, Took me a minute. It, Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. Midnight, Midnight yeah, Horizon. They were, or, yes. Midnight Horizon. They were security 
team. Um, Something I did learn looking this up and the reason Alyssa Wong wrote this is that Crash is actually based on her. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, Soul, I guess, is the one that came up with her. And the pink hair and all that is from Wong. And so this was her opportunity to write them. Um, At this point, Corellia is under Nile control. Uh, And they are building droids and they kind of go on a mission to destroy the factory and they meet Rue, who I think is going to be a character that we see more of in phase three, who was a Padawan. Um, The Jedi kind of ditched Corellia and Rue and his master stayed and his master died. And so Rue quits being a Jedi and is running around at night wearing a Nile mask, um, kind of sabotaging things. And so, yeah, by the end, and and straight says, I'm not a Jedi anymore. And so at the end, Rue joins their little crew, and they're going to, I guess, sabotage more Nile things. It was a cool little story. I said, I, I don't really... I don't understand the idea of putting a whole extra story in a different version of the book. I, you know, I'm fine with covers. I think that's fine. But yeah, it, it, I I liked this as an end story better than I liked if it ended on the Coruscant story. Okay. Because it really does. I mean, it sets up. Things are not going well. Like they're controlling. They control whole planets. And the Jedi aren't doing a bang up job. It appears. So Rue seems like a cool character though. Like when Rue's not wearing his mask, he's like, I forgot what species it is, but he's this little, like kind of, uh, has problems communicating. Um, it, it, he talks really soft spoken, um, and it's hard to understand, but then puts on the Nile mask and goes crazy, basically like, killing stuff and all these kind of things. And they kind of hunt down Ruin, figure out who he is. But yeah, it was a great little story. It's cool. I just, I don't like that they make something exclusive like that. I have an issue with that. Overall, I really, really liked this. Um, I thought it was a really cool idea, like we said, to wrap up things that are some loose ends, some character things we didn't know rather than having to kind of shoehorn them into other places. Um, you got like a quick little snippet of, hey, here's what's going on. And like I said, a, a reintroduction to a lot of these characters, um, which in some cases, you know, I didn't like, 100% remember everything. I'd forgotten about Crash. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the recap, basically, which a lot of this is a recap. I mean, obviously, I've been worried about Avar because... She's not doing good, and this book reinforce the story in this book reinforced that. And then um, I do. My only thing is, like, I know we're gonna get a recap of some sort, even if it's just a sentence of "Hey, Burry's alive." But like the the third phase must be really packed if Burry being alive is relegated to a anthology book. Well, I think it's the time jump. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to start phase three with them totally control of Nile's face. And so this kind of saves you from 
having to, I guess, interrupt it and do a quick, like, page or two recap, like, oh, uh, yeah, and Burry was in the ocean, and he was in a cave, yeah. and there were some Wookiee dolls. I don't know. It got me excited. It's essential reading, I think, though. Mm-hmm. For High Republic, oh like, yeah, it, it's not it's not like some it's not like Starlight Tales. Mm-mm. Starlight stories you didn't have to read, but this you kind of there's a lot of important stuff in here. To, well, and it's it's a to, much to easier way to refresh yourself going into the next phase than trying to remember what happened in all of the books that we read what three years ago, two years ago. I really love to see this kind of format continue like yeah. how cool would it be to get like a mandoverse like book like this where you kind of catch up on some stories from the shows that they don't necessarily want to waste episodes doing but you know little questions you have yeah. or, who hired cad you know, bean to come after Cobb van I, you could do a short story like marta's with bo katan and show them ditching her on her throne and just lots of little things like that i think it's a it's a neat idea. So Beth, what are we talking about next time? Well, next time we're, we're going back to the beyond. Um, we're going to talk about rebel season five. I mean, Ahsoka. Uh, and of course we will have a special guest on for that. So uh, stay tuned um, for next time. A specialist guest. It's going to be great. <laughs> Please stay tuned for next time. So until then, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight, and we will talk to you all soon. Roger, roger.